Stampede. Garner isn't number 30. The facts are, in the entertainment industry, it's common knowledge that sex sells. Now, I don't want to labor the facts about the explosion of pornography on the internet, but it seems there's a lot of visual material out there, and it would lead you to believe there's more than enough information that it might even be described as a little redundant. I mean, you can think up just so many different scenarios of people having sexual relations before it becomes boring. Let's not kid ourselves. There are a lot of things that have hidden meanings. Now, if you believe our human species is preoccupied with sex, you may not be far wrong. I mean, Sigmund Freud suggested a lot of what we do is based upon our animal instincts to further sexual satisfaction. And looking at how the world human population has grown in a little over a hundred years, you'd have to say we humans have been spending a lot of time having sex. But 
the strange thing about sex is you just keep going back for more. Usually, after having it, it allows you time to think about something else. That is to say, having continual, non-stop sex every minute of the day could cause you to be very unhappy. It's true there are some people that can't get enough and spend an inordinate amount of time sexually pleasing themselves. And that leads to social abnormalities. This is true. There are some people that are oversexed. You know, and Garner isn't, I like to spend time talking about what we do. And it appears in our information age, the freedom of information has resulted in a culture of non-stop sexual stimulation. And some people can't live without thinking about it. This has caused tension among segments in our society. That is to say, the distinct abuse of women being used by men to get what they want. Now, sex can have lots of different meanings for lots of different people. But one thing is certain, sex started in the natural world. And for whatever reason, it continues to be the driving force to perpetuate the species. Whether you like it or not, sex is a life force that has been derived from nature. I don't want to talk about how theologically it's been interpreted, but it can't be denied. Sex is an important condition in the natural world. Lots of living things have what we would consider to be unusual sexual habits. Take, for example, the relationship of the female black spider to her male lover. It's commonly understood that when the male spider comes to embrace his female partner, the future isn't very bright for him. Every school-age biology student knows 
that after her male partner is done imparting his DNA into her, she turns around, showing her appreciation by eating him. I mean, she flat out kills him. It's a curious thing to see visual documentation of this event. The black female spider is robust and appears very large. And along comes her lover. And this is no exaggeration. Her lover is literally a scrawny, pale specimen of a spider with images of him slowly, delicately maneuvering about his huge partner, using his spiny legs, stimulating her abdomen. He massages her with his legs, preparing her for his lovemaking. I've actually never seen images of the moment of coitus, but I think it's probably no more than a second at best. At which point, the Black Widow chases him around and eventually kills him. I mean, where's the gratitude? At the least, motivation is suspect. He's a scrawny, delicate spider, risking his life for a second to relieve his tensions.
There could be lots of reasons why, after sex, she feels compelled to kill him. Looking at this from a broader perspective, it's not as if this occurs with a few male suitors. I mean, if biologists studying arachnids reported few instances, it could be attributed to some bad male characters that weren't capable of making the Black Widow happy, and she retaliates. Unfortunately, I have to say, the blame rests solely with the female's behavior. In almost every case, the male lover in her species is done in after having made love. Biologists studying the mysterious workings of the natural world probably have an explanation for why this happens, that it may have something to do with selectivity, a way of a species limiting or preventing sexual interaction, which could lead to overpopulation. I don't know how the black widow reacts to her offspring once they're born. I don't know if she devours her young as well. But competition in the natural world is fierce. Viability of survival is a delicate balance. I'm unfamiliar with the numbers, but I'm sure biologists have studied this phenomenon. With other animals, there are different approaches to survivability. In the far north, near the Arctic Circle, I've seen documentation of musk oxen banding together, attempting to protect one of their young from being killed by a wolf stopping a predator from taking down one of their own. A clear example of the need to sustain the viability of the herd. In the natural world, overpopulation within a species can exist, and the reverse exists as well. A need to protect continuity, the survivability of their own kind. We belong to these laws that have evolved over hundreds of thousands of years, just as other living things have. Laws that teach us how to behave in order to survive, and they're built into who we are. We're a part of the natural world.
And no matter how smart we think we are, there are ancient instincts that flow through us that make us behave in certain ways. And they exist in lots of other living things. To us, some behavior may appear bizarre, but instincts have existed for a long time, longer than our written laws, longer than our civilizations before Egypt's pyramids. Instincts, even before cave dwellers painted hunted animals on walls, instincts handed down by evolution, hundreds of thousands of years, millions of years, as old as the oceans. And this is my point. We belong to something we should not challenge. We should be very careful not to disrupt what we're a part of and which allows us to exist. And this brings me to what we've been doing. The consumerist world poses a real threat to us. And as far as conspiracies go, it's trying to manipulate us into believing it's good. Keep believing in it, and it'll bring you the destiny you've been promised. But it's bringing some very dangerous things. The arrogance that we can walk away from ancient instincts for profits. We abuse the natural world for profits, thinking it will bring us a better life. But somewhere, somehow, the deceptions, the propaganda will come to an end. We're seeing it unfolding in front of us, and what is coming won't be pleasant. Accuse me of being chicken little, that the sky is falling, but there are lots of facts that say we're on the wrong path, and it's not sustainable. When it comes to our own economy, most recently, Jerome Powell, the chairman of the U.S. Federal Reserve, said, our debt is growing faster than our ability to increase our gross domestic production. It's estimated it takes $3 of debt to produce $1 of production. And that's not economically sustainable. It's difficult to decipher. Economies are complicated and are built on lots of assumptions and measurements. But one thing is certain. The U.S. government owes a lot of borrowed money to keep spending what it doesn't have. And if that's true, it leads to the question, how do we keep the wolf from coming to the door? And the most obvious is to build a strong defense. Like the musk oxen, we want to protect our young from being devoured by the wolf. And I think it's safe to say we've built a very powerful military. The consumerists love a strong military. We've built over a thousand military bases around the world. And it's been done in large part to further our world dominance, a key ingredient of the consumerist world. And it's also enriched some people who want profits to continue. 
we've built a war machine, not just for our protection. We've built it for profits to keep consumerism plowing along. The thing about consumerism is that it has to keep looking for new avenues for profits. So it must abandon the old and begin anew. Consumerism loves the idea of keeping world dominance humming along. Get rid of the old treaties like the 1963 ban on nuclear atmospheric tests. Stop the 1967 treaty preventing weapons used in outer space. The recent consideration by the U.S. to end the Open Skies Treaty, the plans a U.S. Outer Space Force to open the possibility of fighting a war in a new domain. But besides perpetuating the war machine, consumerism is committing social mayhem. It produces greed, corruption, and deceit, a need to spy on its own people. But worst of all, it endorses artificial intelligence, removing our ancient values from the natural world. It's bringing a pornography of thinking, a distortion of how to think, and not just about sex. It demands you consume, get more, use more, and take more. It promotes violence for violence. It creates a toxic atmosphere. A false economy produces aberrations, like future negative interest rates, creating something never seen before. Money has a relationship to time. When you deposit money in a bank, historically, over time, a bank pays you an interest. Things have changed. Not only don't you get paid to give a bank your money, but in a world of negative interest rates, when you withdraw the money you gave the bank, you get less of what you deposited. In the consumerist world, money is no longer a function of time. And this could have implications, like what the Black Widow does in nature. She kills her mate as a means of controlling population. And a failed economy signals 
of de-escalation of human populations. Consumerism bringing depopulation, a distortion of sex, a self-destruction of values, like a recent reality in Boston, a woman jumping off the roof of a garage with her two small children. No, I'm not going to entertain you, because things are too serious for that. This week on Garner Isn't, the music you heard was from Richard Wagner's operas. First, Gotterdammerung, then Die Valkyrie, followed by Tannhauser, and finally repeat, Gotterdammerung. To this day, he remains controversial for his social and political beliefs. Wikipedia states his ideas can be traced throughout the 20th century with philosophy, literature, the visual arts, and theater. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.